This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Supported by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. And good morning, 706 here on This Morning with Jalen and Daryl. Jalen is on vacation, so uh, uh, good to welcome... uh, Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee uh, to join in on a conversation that I've been I've been hoping to have for the last couple of days. Because first off, good morning, sir. Thanks so much for taking some time. Good morning, Daryl. Good to be with you. Uh, so this week we got some new national crime stats, and I know that you addressed them in a news conference uh, a little earlier this week. But to me, the the highlight of it is that uh, our violent crime rate is up eight uh, percent over this year, which was is it was up eighteen percent the previous year as well. So it's sort of a cumulative effect. Are we alone in this, or do the national stats show that uh, we're we're in the same situation as many other major urban centers in the in the country? <clears throat> Well, I mean, uh, looking at it, Daryl, from that perspective, um, actually this particular year, uh, as you mentioned, 23 going up in, in the previous year, but before that we had three years reduction. Uh, we're not the worst by far, uh, but we're not the best, but we've had a high crime rate to start with too. And some of the things that we're seeing, as, as mentioned, as you and I have talked and with Jalen as well several times, what we're seeing right now is really, really unacceptable. Um, you know, whether it's the randomness, you know, the, the victimization that we're seeing uh, from various different aspects. And, you know, it's kind of like one of those things, enough is enough. We have to change the approach. And, um, you know, that's what we're going to focus on. Uh, we need to get some accountability back into the system right around it. And, uh, uh, yeah, so is it a concern? You bet it is. Is it too high? Yes. Have we Did we have three years of success? Yes. And then, you know, it's one of those things if you're not continually um, going in the same direction for whatever distractions you get, then it, it creeps back up on you. And we're seeing that now when it's time to uh, take action because, honestly, my opinion is not acceptable. Well, and we're, and we, hey, we hear that from listeners all the time. I hear that in the conversations that I have with people. Uh, we talked about attendance rates for Taste of Edmonton and K-Days, et cetera, and the fact that they were down and some speculation because we don't know exactly what it was, but there are some concerns about safety. Then you hear another story like the one that's out right now where a woman from Chile, 67 years old, visiting family in Edmonton, getting punched unconscious by a stranger on the LRT downtown on Saturday afternoon. We have made such a focus on, 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 on transit and trying to to make that safer as well uh it's, it's got to be frustrating to hear of these individual incidents so d- is that a reflection that we've failed or that it's not working or is that just one incident I, well i think you got to look at some of the cause and uh you know we have a significant drug problem uh you and i've talked about that many times mm-hmm. and that's and some of the violence and that's just one incident i mean you know it just breaks my heart every time i have to think of the poor man from congo or or the mom and her child at school i mean randomness but i mean at the other end you're talking about the lady from chile we also had a guy that we were helping uh from mexico with our help unit he got stranded on his way to quebec for two months at edmonton you know he's making comments like the area and that encampments is the most dangerous he's seen and he comes from those cities where it's a lot of the cartels and one of the most violent cities in the world so I think we, uh, we're we going to change our approach. We're in the middle of building a plan. This open-air drug use is not acceptable. Like, I mean, you see it every day. You work downtown. We see it every day. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a different strategy on encampments, absolutely. I mean, there 
everywhere right now. I mean, I, I'm not sure, as I've said many times on this thing, why is this okay? Uh, yeah. uh, the gangs and other members are preying on them. I, I just heard on your news that you had one person down there, Bear Mace. That's just one of the things. The level of violence. A lot of this is you get, you know, you get what you tolerate. And, and unfortunately, we have to change the approach and, and start to take some of this space back in, in a way. And that's what we're working on. There's obviously partners we need to do that, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, to think that this is a housing issue, that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about violence. We're talking about victimization. We're talking about hundreds of people of victims. We're hosting events, you know, like the world volleyball, the world basketball, and the number of complaints that we keep coming and we keep getting. I mean, they're not acceptable, and, and uh, we have to embrace and, and lead the change. and. Yeah. We're prepared to do that, but uh, it, it's getting a little old thinking this is a housing issue, and, and it's time to, to take issue with some of the violence that's going on in relation to this, and, and that's going to be our approach. We're working on that now, certainly. Okay, but as you're working on that, uh, what does that look like? So, you know, do you, uh, because, you know, do you have to go through the city for direction, or is this entirely on on you and, and, and uh, the senior staff within EPS to figure out how to and what? to do with the laws that are in place that you can then enforce is it is it well, purely up to you well the, the laws are us uh but i mean how their application the social acceptance and the support they're obviously everything else but the, all the laws aren't with us like when you talk about encampments fire has probably the most authority in relation to there so it, it's the it's the partnerships the fire chief and i are talking the city manager and i are talking those partnerships are absolutely essential in doing this. And, of course, the government is a big partner, too, and, and obviously the city as well. So it's all hands on deck. Uh, you know, for instance, you know, we talk about drugs. The current thing is we have a federal prosecutorial memo. It dates back to, you know, 2000, late 2020, which goes into 21, which starts to time this. You you know, they're no longer going to prosecute simple possession for drugs. Yeah. That, that's fine. That's what they have. But it doesn't mean that it's not still illegal and that we can't seize those drugs and, and actually get people try to connect with the services, lead with empathy, but at the same time lead with enforcement. I think if we just continue to tolerate this, we've seen it for so long. Uh, it's just become, unfortunately, I don't think I would say socially acceptable, but it's people are losing hope and uh, the way to get that back is to start changing the approach and actually dealing with some of these underlying issues and try to get people obviously connected to services. But I want to be very, very clear. The violence and the gangs and that stuff, they need to go to jail. They need to be held accountable. It doesn't mean we not, not rehabilitate. Uh, that's what corrections are. As you're aware, I used to be in charge of corrections in a different province. I get the fact that, you know, we still need to rehabilitate, but it's just in a controlled setting where they're not going to hurt other people. And uh, we're going to obviously need some help in relation to dealing with the way the bail is going right now in Canada. But, you know, we can do with what we have differently, and that's what we're going to focus on in the short term. You could argue that uh, things like gang violence is, is predictable that it's going to be there and within that community for the most part. The worst of the stories is when that violence sort of leaks out and, and affects uh, an individual who has nothing to do with crime. But it, it, it's two sort of different different areas, right? It's, it's, it's the randomness of some of the attacks with people who either have mental health or drug issues or whatever, and then there is the, the, the larger, you know, mainstream criminal element. They're two separate areas, are they not? Uh, no, they actually quite intertwine. Uh, a lot of that is the same people. 
Um, mm. It doesn't mean they're not separate at times, uh, but a lot of it is the same people. Like if you look at every day when we're making arrests, um, the number of uh, times they've been involved in the police. I'm just looking here this morning, 190 times, 200 times, 180 times. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, you know, so it's it's not always separate. I think that's, you know, it's just like it's not always housing. Uh, uh, they're basically, we need to focus on what's actually driving, you know, the violence. As you mentioned, a lot of the violence is, is you know, the type of drugs that are on the street. You're seeing different types of drugs that, you know, I used to be in drug section years and years ago, and, you know, when you're seeing xylazine and carfentanil and stuff, I mean, these, these are veterinarian drugs. These, yeah. these things aren't safe. This is, this is craziness. And then meth, you know, what's laced with meth and, and the violence and the unpredictability, uh, that's where us and the partners, uh, in relation to some of our health partners and some of our, you know, uh, others that uh, we need to tackle this and we, there needs to be some accountability back in the system if that makes sense there. Oh that totally does and that's where I want to go with next. Can you just hang on the line for we need to take a quick break but I really do want to talk about those solutions and, and accountability and how to how to bring that accountability uh, to, to bear. So I'd like to deal with that when we come back. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Chief Dale McPhee here on 630 Chet uh, with me today. We're talking about crime stats. We're talking about the larger uh, feeling of, uh, of, of being unsafe in our in- own city, incidents where people have been unsafe. question is, what do you do to change it? As you've mentioned, uh, Chief, you're putting in a plan to, to reduce the tolerance level for things that should not be tolerated. What kind of help do you need? I think you've mentioned many times, and lots of people have, about, about either bail or parole, etc., and how much needs to be done on that particular uh, front yeah I mean when you when you look at zero I mean we look at our crime stats and we look point in time and and we try to analyze that and okay what has really changed and you know there's there's four things that that really stand out when we're analyzing it I mean the first as you and I just talked about is okay there's a prosecutorial memo for not uh, you know possession just charging or uh, prosecuting for simple possession mm-hmm. okay so that's the rule so what else can we do it's still illegal to have these types of drugs on our street uh, we can seize we can connect the services we may not be able to prosecute but we need to use that as a potential intervention point so, so there's a piece the second piece as you said is is bail reform like 26 of our homicides as you, you and I talked about last time uh, were people that were out on release you know yep. uh, the, the poor fellow in Congo, you know, the, the victimization in relation to random, this guy was on house arrest. I mean, the other individual that we talked about, um, the mama and, and her child, I mean, again, guy out on release. So that is a federal government. we got to push for bail reform. But at the same time, we also need to work with prosecutions on the provincial side. It's not all, and I heard some academic uh, mention it, it's all the federal government. It's not all. Uh, the federal government. We also can do some of the stuff at the provincial level to actually oppose release until that trial is held. And, and obviously, sentences is a different story. So we got to shore that up, and we got to work with prosecutions on the province to do that. And in the meantime, 
Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just thinking that in the meantime, while you're working with federal and provincial organizations uh, to try and get those changes, that can still take a little bit of time. But as you mentioned, the tolerance level, the patience level that people have, and it sounds like you have, uh, is pretty much done. So if you're going to take action on uh, on some of these issues on the streets right now, is there a, what kind of action is that likely to be? Let's focus in on the encampments, for example. Would you go yeah. in and as soon as one is created take it down how would that work well yeah well first and foremost we're not the lead on encampments uh that was my number four so you jump into number four (laughs) we're not the lead on encampments but uh you know first of all it can't be okay like you know when did it become okay to encamp like why aren't we why is there not you know you got to be careful you got to deal with the property you got to connect to the services there's so many now you got to start somewhere you got to start and absolutely it can't be okay just to have this behavior other cities you know it's certainly changing them yes they're taking them down immediately connecting the services and also once they do that when fire goes in they're not safe a lot of these have propane tanks they have you know different ways of heating there are fire hazards, there's guns and, and, and knives and, and violence in there and bear spray. And as I just said, you know, what the people from Mexico will obviously tell us too, that it's it's not okay. So if you go in with a team, we can actually handle the criminal element. Fire can handle the safety element. Obviously, housing and, and, uh, and connections to services, mental health and addictions, you know, certainly health, social services. We need to go in with team approaches. But you also got to maintain that. You can't just take it down one day, and you can't give four days notice. I mean, time you give four days notice, they take it down and they move down a block and then you start over again. So we have to work with our partners to figure that out. Right now, it's got so big, it will take a lot of time and a lot of effort. But if we just continue to let it grow, what may be 600 encampments will be 1,200 in the very near future. And we're heading into winter. And if we really want to address this, we've got to get going. Well, and once, I think that's some of the stuff in encampments. Yep. And, and once again, once we get into winter, it's not so much about encampments as it, we go back into the transit system again. So then you don't want to see this perpetual motion machine that it never gets fixed. It sounds like there there's a... Uh, I don't know if it's more of a, of a resolve to, to get something done, but it sort of sounds like that. Well, for us, I, I think you've heard me say this. This has always uh, uh, been touch points for us that we are really, really having trouble accepting. And I mean, and we just keep going in the same direction. So I think, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do as police under the law in relation to authorities. And, you know, our hope and certainly the plan is we need partners to do it. I, I see a lot of effort being put in by the province. I, I read the uh, minister's mandate letter yesterday. That's very, very encouraging. Uh, so it sounds like there's a lot of support for us to do that. I'm very aware of the mental health and addictions recovery communities are building. That's very, you know, but unfortunately that's going to take a bit of time. So we got to figure out what that piece is. Uh, to work on in the interim until some of these services are in place. And quite frankly, doing nothing is not the answer. And uh, you you hit it on the head. Uh, I go around in my parades in the front line. They're frustrated because it's just a perpetual cycle. You know, when you look at the number of people we arrest and oppose bail in the first instance, the success rate of that right now is 4%. So that kind of tells you where a lot of things need to change. And we're going to be diligent on doing everything we can within the authority that I have in my in my office, but also with the partners that we have that are willing to do this. 
Radius Health has been a bit of a real blessing for us, starting to put things in place. We've taken over our old DMU to house people that are dangerous to themselves and dangerous to others till we can get some facilities online. But I don't think it's at a point now where we can just wait for facilities to be built. We've got to change the approach. Uh, Just before we go, because we've only got about a minute and a half left, uh, what do we as Edmontonians do when in an instance, right? Uh, So you see open meth use, for example, on on a street. Or, you know, uh, talking with with, uh, uh, our uh, friend about their apartment building where people are now sitting in the lobby and building management won't do anything about it. Who do you call in those situations? Uh, Because there may not be be any overt violent threat but it might not also be acceptable so do we call police do we call uh you know other agencies what do you, what do people do well i mean safety is us first and foremost uh i mean if it's if it's transit obviously the city and and, uh, and the transit folks play a role encampments uh, you know the city right now is a lead i think fire obviously in relation to the fire hazards and then again the violence is us so it's a combination of calls i think once we put this teams in place uh you know when you're talking about encampments then it, we need to narrow that down to one call and get the right team there so i think you just basically hit on what we need to change the approach and you know part of that is we have to we're also struggling right now as you can imagine i think i get a call or somebody talking to me every day about the need more police there's just not more of us right now so we have to rechannel. unfortunately that's going to mean as we've done before pulled and it just moves stuff around we are trying to recruit as fast as we can now the environment that we've been in for the last two and a half years have not been good and it hasn't been conducive to getting people we need to also have more visibility and more bodies on the street so that's going to be something we continue to work out as well it's going to be a busy rest of the summer and fall for sure chief McPhee, <laughs> i really appreciate your time as always uh, good to talk to you yeah, thanks, Daryl. I appreciate you bringing this to light, and yeah. I know uh, you you speak very knowledgeable on this, and it's it's muchly appreciated. And I think more than anything, that's what we need. We just need the public to understand that the approach needs to uh, to change, and we're going to need support when we change that approach. So oh, thanks and, very much, Daryl. Yeah, no problem. And by the way, on on a, I guess a less serious matter, uh, at some point, you and I are going to have to have a chat about you guys stealing Jalen Nye from me because this is this is. <laughs> You, I know you're. I know you're armed, but I'm still going to have to have a chat with you. <laughs> Sounds good, though. We very much look forward to Jalen. But uh, as uh, as I've said before, you and I need to keep this going, and and uh, so we can inform Edmontonians just uh, how we need to work to to help make their communities make safer and obviously more livable and uh, yeah. enjoy their communities. So thank you very much. All right, cheers. Uh, talk to you again uh, sometime soon. Appreciate it, Chief Dale McPhee, Edmonton Police Service.